0: Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, where each episode we bring you a fresh and insightful interview featuring one of the film industry's top directors, conducted by one of their peers. You can subscribe to our podcast on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, or on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash thedirectorscut. And if you're enjoying The Director's Cut, Please take a moment to like, share, or comment. We love hearing your feedback. This episode takes us behind the scenes of the newest film from directors Valerie Ferris and Jonathan Dayton, Battle of the Sexes. Set against the backdrop of the sexual revolution and the rise of the women's movement, the film tells the story of the historic 1973 tennis match between Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs. As they participate in the most watched television sports event of all time, King struggles privately to come to terms with her sexuality, and Riggs battles both family and gambling issues. In addition to Battle of the Sexes, Ms. Ferris and Mr. Dayton's credits include the feature film Ruby Sparks, the pilot for the television series Hyston, episodes of the series Mr. Show with Bob and David and the cutting-edge Happy Hour, and numerous Grammy Award-winning music videos. They were nominated for the 2006 DGA Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Feature Film for Little Miss Sunshine. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Ms. Ferris and Mr. Dayton spoke with director Nicole Holofcener about filming Battle of the Sexes. During their conversation, they discussed the real-life Billie Jean King's involvement in the film, why they believed that using the film language of the 1970s was necessary to tell the story, and the process of working as a director team.
1: Thank you. Hi, I'm not really a moderator. <laughs> I'll do my best. You're, you're, I can oh, talk.
2: Yeah, I think you can. Okay. You're a writer. I have
1: my notes. Um, what a great movie, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Great movie. I hope you liked it. Um, all right, so the directing team. I did, um, before I came here, I said, What's, What movies are playing near me? And it came up, your movie did, and you were the only director. Oh, really? You got to talk to someone. Okay, that's, well, that's because
2: right. that always used to happen to me um, because his name was listed first. Ah, so and they on just, just dropped off. this movie, we switched the order. Right. So yeah, they dropped the second director. So right. It don't matter. Yeah, like and whatever. somebody else. I don't know.
1: Um, I'm not sure what everyone else wants to hear, but I'm going to kind of ask the questions that I'm interested in, um, and maybe they'll be what you're interested in. I'm fascinated with the fact that you two are a couple. Um,
2: a couple.
1: Um, I just I want some like details, like. Do both of you go up to the actors? Do you take
2: turns? Well. Answer me. <laughs> <laughs> See if we have the same answer, I guess. Yeah. We, I should we go should in a sound right? booth, yeah, think, booth yeah. and then we'll talk. come out.
3: And,
1: uh, um, do
2: you plan it? Well, you
3: know, we yeah. it, we have to plan a lot. Uh-huh. And, and so, which is fun because, you know, we love what we do as we all do here. And, and so we get, to talk about it anytime we want, which is mostly a good thing, right but you know sometimes when you're brushing your teeth and you have an idea and you want to talk about it, your partner may not be It's like eager. enough already, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> right
3: but but um to talk about speaking with actors, yeah um, we you know we'll talk about something quickly after a take, and then we, usually one of us goes and talks to someone kind of representing the collective thinking. Because the big thing we don't want to do is give anyone contradictory direction.
1: But I'm sure that's happened. Mm. Not that much. Not that much. So you guys huddle.
2: We huddle first. But, you know, usually by the time we're on set, we've tried to sort of iron out any... And we've tried to sort of run through every scene and make sure we're really on the same page Mm -hmm. on, you know, from... So we look at the scene from various aspects and kind of sometimes we act it out together and you know see what it feels like not in w- front of them not no no them. no at <laughs> home in our not. studio we have a little studio <laughs> yeah, we and show them how it's done yeah. Yeah.
3: no but but it is important that we try and understand what we're asking our actors to do mm-hmm. we're not writers um, and so we don't have that period to explore the material so we usually take a lot of time when we get a script and just understand it as deeply as we can and, and start to kind of make it our own. And part of that process is is acting and, you know, looking mm-hmm. at staging and how I mean
2: we, we break down the scene. You know, we do our, we kind of do our homework. We have, that's. Can you ever
1: just s- say, well, we didn't write it. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure wh- what this means. No?
2: Mm, try not to <laughs> say that. <laughs> uh, I mean, usually we've met with the actors and, you know, discussed if they have any issues with stuff. So, you know, really. It, we usually we have to work fast because we shot this in thirty five days, and you know there's just not a lot of time I, to. I just love send. that sound in the <laughs> audience. That that I it, there's uh,
3: no place in the country where we can have that sentence and then have hear it this register.
1: collective. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, what if you say you <sighs> shot it you. in like eighty days? <laughs> you shot it I in could, eighty days. Oh. Would you still
2: go? <gasps> yeah, I would go. Oh, like that's too that's much. Too h- yeah, yeah. That, yeah. it's
3: fun to work fast <laughs> and. It it keeps you from like stopping and talking a lot, which I think is not good for anyone. You know, you don't want to theorize with an actor. You want to c- kind of get keep, to the heart. Keep them
2: out of their head is what we. So mm-hmm. we try not. Neither. You know, that's one thing we both do is not say too much. Mm-hmm. You know, try to give them the simplest direction and just keep doing it.
1: Yeah, I've seen actors. They go like, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> what do you want? Faster. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you no! Know, it can be so much simpler like that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, did that answer your question? Set? No, not at all. Okay. Um, I see
1: and um, did you have laughs on the set? Honestly, there you know,
2: there was one like laugh. Can all be fun? Yeah, it wasn't like, and we never really <laughs> laugh. We don't really we don't <laughs> laugh a lot. Yeah. I mean, serious. we our
3: sets are very happy and sort of positive, mm-hmm. but. They're not parties, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, because we have to move quickly. And um,
2: actually, when Steve was doing his naked scene,
1: yeah, that
2: that was, was funny. funny. It, was it was hard not to laugh. It was the last he kept shot making of jokes the whole film about where I his balls were <laughs> hidden, and I don't know. He just kept making these. Did he just expose himself over and over? <laughs> I'm sure now. <laughs> no, he was very modest. T- okay, um, but. That definitely was like a funny day, and that was our last shoot day, so we laughed a lot there, and then Emma and I had one time where we both just lost it, but it was because she was carrying this funny tennis bag Mm -hmm. that looked like a turkey, I don't know, it's throughout (laughs) the movie, it has two rackets sticking uh, out the back, it's really awkward. Did you see
1: the turkey? Yeah,
2: and she was walking down the hallway with it on her back at one point, it was Mm -hmm. sort of a serious scene, and I just burst out laughing, so that... You know, that was it.
3: Yeah. there there were scenes that we added, and um, I don't know why this comes up under the question of laughs, but it um, the elevator scene where they're going up, and you know, a lot of times wait we'll the
1: hand holding scene or the, the ice bucket scene no
3: uh, the, the hand holding okay the the, the the two women the kissy- right holding hands yeah and um,
2: that was a barrel of laughs yeah
3: well <laughs> where no are you but going? but no well no originally we planned just to have them hold hands and then like the eighth take we said on this one we want you to kiss while we're rolling and they were like oh my god you know because their kissing scene hadn't happened yet and they were kind of nervous so this was going to be the first time they kissed and it was just
2: you surprised them we
3: surprised them (laughs) and it was really beautiful and and kind of exciting as Mm
2: -hmm. a oh I thought you were going to tell the story and then after the kiss after they kissed, Emma said she felt this tingling in her mouth, and mm. she thought, "Oh my God, maybe, maybe I'm gay." And then, <laughs> then she realized that Andrea was—her mouth was loaded with oragel because she had a toothache, <gasps>
1: and that's why and it uh, numbed Emma's mouth. It's hilarious. Because so <laughs> that's a sure sign that you're gay. Your mouth gets numb. Yeah, your mouth your mouth when you tingle, numb. that's
2: <laughs> how you know. No. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. Wow. Um, okay.
2: And She she had Orgel throughout the, all the love scenes. So really? Yeah, she is. Yeah, let's not. Anyway, that's that kind that's, of, that's, kind she of got a not. bummer. That's, that's in there. not professional. Yeah, That's okay. not
1: really.
2: <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, oh, she, did you guys shit.
1: care about tennis before
2: you made this movie? What do you mean care about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> were we interested in Do you play tennis? tennis? We, do you, We're
1: like, we, oh my God, we were a tennis not, movie?
3: By that, measure, we were not the best mm-hmm. people to make this movie. I mean, we wanted to do tennis justice and mm-hmm. we play tennis, but we're not, right? you know, big
2: That's not Well, it's not Why about we tennis. We're basketball it. people, but, yeah. 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 Um, uh-huh. but... We didn't make it because of the tennis, but we did actually want to um, try to, to make a beautiful tennis movie. Like, we, we did want to... Honor uh, it. Honor the right? tennis, yeah. honor the sport, because we looked at a lot of tennis movies, and there weren't a lot of great ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where the tennis looked good, like mm-hmm. good playing. So that was important to us, to have good playing. Yeah, because playing. if it's
1: you don't buy it, uh-oh. Yeah.
2: It's Billie Jean King yeah. I mean, and Bobby Riggs, who were yeah. both, like, world champion players, right. and we didn't want to have people faking it. Yeah. Uh,
1: so when I did see what were probably doubles, weren't there faces on the doubles? That was crazy. How'd you do (laughs) that? Oh, sorry. sorry. No, we
3: can talk about that here. I mean, you
1: guys probably wondered, are those doubles? But, you
3: know, one of the reasons why there aren't great tennis movies is because of the obvious problem of actors not being able to be great at the game. Right. But today we can use a little digital magic and put someone's face on. That's fantastic. But but the, the key here was that Emma had to work out and transform her body so that after the play is over mm-hmm. she has to look the same okay. uh, you know and
2: and you know carry herself like Billie Jean so she really mm-hmm. studied the original match and watched Billie Jean over, you know, at that age, at 29, just kind of getting a sense of her... her walk. The walk right. and her whole, you know, sort of game face and mm-hmm. all of that. But
1: she, but she did play tennis. You no, know, and she did, right? Well, In the oh. movie? Emma.
3: Emma played some tennis, but... Oh. But, I would, but
1: She but served. <laughs> I saw her serve. Okay, never mind.
2: She she did do certain moves but, that but were... But she... There were different transition tennis.
3: periods to the double, but right. but, you know... I don't want to downplay how much she had to do in order to get to where we needed to go. And
2: sure, but we had like real pro tennis players that were, you know, really great at modern tennis, you know, mm-hmm. today's tennis. But they had to actually—they spent three months learning how to play like Billie Jean and Bobby Riggs with a wooden racket and an aluminum smaller racket. Oh, really? And
1: it's and different tennis it's now. It's very different. I very clearly different. A big tennis person. Yeah. But,
3: you know, we also just made a decision early on to cover tennis the way that we normally experience it on TV so that rather than chop it up and and get cinematic, we wanted that sequence to be about the public view of the game at that moment. That throughout the film, we're moving between the public and the private. Mm -hmm. But when she comes out of the tunnel for the next... Suspect 15 minutes, yeah, yeah. you're in her, ex- or you're in the public view of what's happening to both of our leads. And we, we wanted to kind of build the tension, denying you the private until we cut to the locker room and she's alone, and then we return to the That's private. That's
1: such a beautiful scene. In fact, um, er, p- the people I saw with the alt, we all had very different interpretations of why she was crying on the bench. Oh. And I bet mm. everyone else does too.
3: Well, right? I, I mean, that's <laughs> the beauty of yeah. I think Emma's performance yeah. is that it's you you can project, and I think each. I mean, I, ha, I we probably have even different thoughts and about. And Emma might have a completely well, yeah. different thing. Well, no, and, and right. it was you know, yeah. I mean, she just gave such an interesting, you know, performance there that.
2: But you know, when we watched the original match, it was so interesting after. Billie Jean won. When you saw her face, you know all the cameras are on her, and she just she didn't look happy. And you know she said that that period of time in her life was one of the most confusing times. She was sleeping like four hours a night. You know it was just such a challenging time. So, um, you know it was just it was it was just more interesting to play the victory the way that I think it felt for her, mm-hmm. which because in, in some ways even though she won the match. Um, <coughs> there was more attention on her than ever, and so she had to be even more in the closet. Right. You know? uh-huh.
1: Wow. That's. Um, did you guys talk about it with Emma, like why she was,
2: yeah. We talked a lot about just that <coughs> period, what that period was like for Billie Jean, and we talked with Billie Jean about it, but it was harder for Billie Jean to return to that time. It was just such an unhappy time in her life, and mm. so that was probably the, one of the most difficult things about doing the movie mm-hmm. was having her um you know sometimes weigh in on it but at the same time it was very hard for her to comment on kind of the emotional stuff in her um what she was going through in her marriage the one thing she said is we just didn't talk about any of it
1: her and her husband yeah um so i'm i was very intrigued by how you shot the movie that especially in the beginning it's like you don't You don't cut wide, it seems like, for a long time, and it's a lot of frenetic playing, and um, the movie had a a lot of that, and it seemed like most of it is handheld. Is all of it handheld? No.
3: No, I mean, we...
1: You just had a drunk DP. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
3: We um, study... I mean, we kind of grew up and fell in love with film in the 70s, and Mm -hmm. we wanted the film to, to... feel as if it was made during the 70s, not like this nostalgic look back at sort of how quaint mm. the styles were. But we wanted to use the film language of mm. the time so that the film was a contemporary view of these events as seen through what would have been done at the time. So we looked at, you know, Altman films and Cassavetti. We looked at Killing of Chinese Bookie and um, Nashville. Nashville. And, and, you know, Linus, our DP, you know, we just, we had a lot of fun talking about how we could do continuous shots with these beautiful zoom lenses. We, Linus, hmm. searched the country for these very rare extra long zooms. And
1: um, and you could get away with using a zoom because it's the 70s. It's the 70s. <laughs> I mean, that, that was sure, the, so.
3: the language and mm-hmm. it's a fun thing to you know, we felt like this was the time to... Right. And we even changed the logos. It, Fox was great to let us, you know, because now logos are computer-generated and big moves, and the, the two logos that were supposed to be in the front of the movie had these very modern feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they, they, they allowed us to do period.
2: And we shot on right. film, too. Yeah, 35? Film,
3: 35. That was, that was,
1: was really, are you very happy you did that? Yes. I'm sure was, your DP.
2: Yeah, I mean, just... It it was fun actually having to reload and, you know, not just... (laughs) Actually check the gate? Yeah, just, you know, not running endlessly and kind of... I don't know, there's just something about that discipline that I really Mm like.
1: That's great. Um, The music, did you know what you wanted while you were shooting or editing room or last minute? So great, the soundtrack and the
2: score. We, We had... I mean, we did... We thought we knew what we wanted, but we had, you know, it took us a while to find it. Um, then we, when we hired Nick Patel, who did the score, he kind of moved into our edit room, and we, 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 worked with him for three months. So it was really amazing. Wow, we sort great. of go back and forth between the edit room and his room, and um, sometimes the music would influence how we'd cut a scene. And um, mm-hmm. he was, he's really. Did incredible. you have a music supervisor?
1: We you did. Stephen
2: Baker, a good friend of ours, uh-huh. and but
3: you know it was. We began by taking the original broadcast Mm -hmm. and cutting it down to about ten minutes, and then we put music to it, just uh so so that long before we shot, we could just explore, you know, because we 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 knew that you were going to see the fall of Bobby and the rise of Billy Jean, and we wanted to just understand like how much is this a sad story, how much is this a victorious moment, and just trying to find the right so that dialogue began or that conversation mm-hmm. began before shooting and then you know Nick came in and
1: well, so what is playing during the match? It's all score. Thing? It's all, it's scores all scores
3: score that Nick and did and,
2: and Howard Cosell. Who,
3: yeah and that was remember, that was
2: hilarious. Howard, yeah. That was oh the gosh. other thing Shock. that shocking. <laughs> yeah. You know,
3: yeah. yeah. The original script is about a page and a half for the match. Um, mm-hmm. and so we had to really flush that out and you know howard was this key element and we wrote his family and said could we please use his image and his voice because it's you know that he's that time a, he's, so he's the voice of that period and yeah. and they were very kind he was like us. A,
2: a liberal
1: that's a, if that's a liberal yeah we're in trouble yeah i know wow yeah, we are in trouble and this <laughs> the yeah we are um and his arm is around...
2: Rosie Cassell. Right, exactly yeah. that way, like yeah. Yeah.
1: like like his, his child. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Little Rosie Cassell, he yeah. calls her. And and, <laughs> yeah. and Little Lady, and there's oh. so many kind of subtle digs. Like, you know, when she comes into the stadium, he says, if she let her hair grow and took <laughs> off her glasses, she'd look like someone buying for a Hollywood screen test. And, oh. you know, here she is like a world champion, yeah. and that's yeah. the first thing As he if says that's what she wants. To all the... Po- yeah. yeah, the viewer. Right. Yeah. Like, that's a compliment. Yeah. That's pretty sad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you had a lot of um, uh, contact and a relationship with Billy Jean. And Bobby Riggs is dead. Um, yes. And is his wife still alive? No. Elizabeth no. Shue's
2: character? No, she died before he uh, did. Oh, really? But his coach um, oh, yeah. the blonde guy in the movie. The, yeah. yeah, Eric Christian Olsen plays him. And mm-hmm. um, he was a consultant on the movie. And he worked with Steve for four months on his tennis game, and then also kind of telling stories about Bobby and showing him like scrapbooks and just, you yeah, know, that's great. Got he got sort of steeped in Bobby history. And Bobby was such a fascinating, yeah. really uh, eccentric, you know, s- very smart guy. And um, so you it was kind of hard not to love him when you got to know, like really? this, this guy was his best friend too, yeah. so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember this when it happened. And I mean, it w- he was just despicable, you know. Um, everybody hated him. We all wanted to see him lose. Um, but in your movie, you made him a real human being. And well, was that a like a movie choice, or are you hiding the fact that he was really awful? Uh, I'm sure sh- they're going to be really honest right now about that.
3: I, I mean, <laughs> would we you cut out? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it it, it was very important. To not make this a binary, you know, argument, and and not to have pure villains, particularly Bobby, who you know was a complex character. I mean, he was a chauvinist. There's no denying that he didn't. He had sort of traditional views, it but wasn't he wasn't
1: just for show. His but it was prof- for show. You know? He
3: he knew, you know, he watched Muhammad Ali at the time and saw how Muhammad Ali had this ability to create interest in his boxing matches by his banter And, and so like the idea came to him that if I
2: I can exploit this women's lib thing you know that's really what he was doing and you know Billie Jean what's great about her is she her whole you know approach to life is respect your opponent and if you respect them that's how you beat them And so you know her ideas. If you if you respect them, you know them. You can have a conversation with them. You engage with them like she does, say with Jack Kramer, or you know, instead of just calling people names or taking sides, she really goes and engages with them. And she's still that way. She's not a. She doesn't like to alienate people, but I think she's had a lot of success because she works that way. Mm -hmm.
3: And, And that's why we cast Bill Pullman in that role because we again wanted have someone who is not immediately the bad guy and and everything he said there you know all that stuff before the match was verbatim of Mm -hmm. what
1: wow what (laughs) (laughs) Um, would you have been able to make this movie without Billie Jean's approval and um, was she on the set and what else did I miss how, how how involved the process. During the filming,
3: um, well, we did have her approval, obviously, and that was a, a early. move. The first move was to get her approval. I don't know legally. I mean, we I, we didn't have to get Bobby's estate to approve, so we might have gotten by. But certainly, for our purposes, we wanted as much contact as we could, with both parties. But having said that, though, after working on the script with Simon, um, we all took a little break, and Billy only visited the set once, because we needed... Billie Jean at 73 is this evolved, very wise, very together activist. But in 1973, she was deeply confused and troubled and, you know, amazing, but a different person so we asked that we just kind of keep her uh, at a certain distance until we finished and then she came and saw cuts and the the best thing though was when she finally got to see it with an audience and, and then you know she could see that it was.
2: I mean we knew that, that she'd be really helpful in like, releasing the film if she was behind it and. Um, but she's so busy anyway, so there was really only one day she could even make it to the set. So that kind of worked in our favor. But I think for Emma particularly, it was just too scary to have Billie Jean watching her um, play her. So um, for every reason, it it was better to create some separation. But, but she has been incredible in... Uh, for she liked the, the movie, and she likes so, it now. Thank goodness. Yeah, what if she didn't? That would have been so horrible. I was, that's what I li- we lived for two yeah. and a half years, yeah. you know, worrying that that she might not be happy with it. Yeah, that was yeah. Very stressful. Yeah.
1: I I also worry if I hadn't written the script, um, that I was doing it justice. That I was like I just adapted a novel and shot the movie, and I was so afraid the novelist would be upset with what I did. I don't think he is. He came to the uh, set a lot. He but, did. Well, yeah. They, that's that was okay. Sort
2: of different, maybe, cause I mean I don't it, know, because he
1: was really cool. Yeah. And I'm just excited to be on a movie set, so that was good. Yeah. Billie
2: Jean is also she gets bored really easy if she's not doing something. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like sitting around on a set, mm-hmm. like I think she she would have been way too bored.
1: Had the movie had a movie about her been made before that I'm not aware there of. There
2: was a TV
3: movie, and then uh-huh. there's countless documentaries. So. Who was
2: in the TV movie? Um, Holly Hunter plays her. You're and kidding. Yeah. And... Um,
3: Ron Silver.
2: Ron Silver plays Bobby Riggs. Huh. And... Uh, it was yeah, called When
3: Billy Beat Bobby.
2: They kind of give away uh-huh. the yeah. ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's very <I> weird. Know, <laughs> weird. I, I <laughs> so <surprised>. Most of <laughs> okay.
3: you knew. Did most of you know who was going to win, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, how did you come to cast Emma and Steve and Sarah Silverman? We've... They begged. We've been... Yeah. <laughs> wanting to work with (laughs) Steve
3: ever since Little Miss Sunshine and this was just like the perfect opportunity and then we had talked to Emma about a different film um, a few years ago and again really hoped that we could find the right thing so this was just, that that was our first move actually because there were two other Battle of the Sexes projects in the works a couple of years ago because I think everyone was anticipating the election and Kind of felt like it was time to tell the story again, so by casting Steve and Emma, we kind of put a pin in the other projects.
2: And um, Gladys Heldman, who Sarah Silverman plays, is was a really fascinating character, and we met and got to know her daughter a little bit. And um, when you see pictures of her and you read about her, just Sarah seemed like the perfect person to play her. And when we told her daughter that Sarah was going to be playing her mom, she was like. Ah, oh, that's perfect. Oh, good. So that that was interesting.
3: Was it, there were great. so many fun roles in this to cast, and we yeah. just, you know, it was just
2: like Ted Tinling is a fascinating character who Alan Cumming plays. He's a yeah. he was a British war spy, World War Two spy, and then and a tennis historian and, and extremely flamboyant, like much more so. Than he was the way six he foot really? five, so. He was He's even six
3: foot five. Yeah, he taller, was. greater. Wow. Someone scale.
2: complained that said we should have put Alan Cumming in platforms. He wasn't tall enough. Oh, well.
1: Because that's yeah. really important yeah. the size. <laughs> yes. 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 This, this was. Do
3: I, oh, should I repeat this? Oh, question? Yeah, sorry.
1: Danny Boyle was originally attached to this. He's one of the producers. And how did you make it your own as opposed to Danny Boyle's?
3: It Yes, he, he and Simon developed it initially and then Train Spotting 2 came together and he went to do that and they came to us with the first draft and it was quite different and it was a Danny Boyle movie and it was weird because when I recently saw Train Spotting, it, it was like the weirdest thing because I kind of could see our movie playing at the same time uh, or his version of this movie and it was very different but you know, there were many more characters and a lot more pop culture. um, But we, you know, I mean, I...
2: I I think mainly we just wanted to focus in on the stories of people that, you know, we chose to focus on. There were maybe almost twice as many characters and just so much going on. And so we just felt like we wanted to um, focus in particularly on... Billie Jean's person, Billie Jean and Bobby's, but sort of the triangle between Billie Jean and her husband and Marilyn and um, Bobby and his wife. It was
3: interesting because it had a definite European sensibility. And having lived in America during the 70s, we recall the homophobia, which really wasn't in the script. And we we were very interested in telling the story of a woman who was married and famous and um, you know, the world stage, who comes to realize that this is not her truth, and you know, makes this move to
2: that was in there, but it was just there was just a lot more. So it was it was sort of buried. I yeah. have one,
1: one other one other question. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have to cut out a lot, and why uh-huh. and what?
2: Um, we cut out like no. four scenes, uh-huh. but
3: we move scenes around. I mean, because we had thirty five days and we're, there were no reshoots we tried to make those decisions early um and there was a whole 15 pages of setup to the margaret court bobby match and we took those out that was it meant you like know,
2: going out to the desert and shooting for you And it was a lot to shoot well, and we we cut it out before you it out we cut it out before. the script good stage. move yeah. Yes. yeah no and then <laughs> we saved a lot and then through, you know ahead.
3: certain scenes it was very interesting to see um, how the Gambler's Anonymous scene was originally our kind of introductory scene to Bobby we saw him in the office and then he goes to Gambler's Anonymous but because we didn't know him well Mm
2: -hmm. at that
3: point the Gambler's Anonymous scene didn't register in the same way so when we moved it much later later in the film
1: and you already love him by then
3: and it's it's just more meaningful and, and you know entertaining
1: yeah I think we have to stop. Oh, I'm sorry. Well,
3: I I just want to say thank you all for coming. It's so nice to see it in a theater. The big screen. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Nicole.
3: Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. Don't forget, you can check out past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. As we get deeper into awards season, we'll continue to give you director-focused conversations about the fall's most anticipated films, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on these great discussions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America, Music is by Dan Wally.